You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. We've got a great show lined up today. On the, on the line with us uh, is Greg McCullough. I think that I believe I said it right. And uh, we got Jim Weber and Steve Ronaldo here at the round table. They've got... They've been uh, writing up their hardball questions. This is going to make that uh, House committee look like amateurs, like the JV, the junior varsity. That's right. We're going to. You all are the. You all are obviously the senior varsity. At, at your age, you got to be. That's right. Yeah. So, and then and then we got Greg on the line. So I think he's prepared to answer any question. And uh, you know, Greg, we got a deal here. If the truth fails, you just go ahead and lie like a rug. We don't care. What the, no. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah, this is not the select committee from the Senate, believe me. No, but we're a select committee from Atlanta. That's yes, right. yeah, yeah. And uh, who chooses first? You do. Oh, I have to select something. I don't know what. But. Well, pick out a car in the museum. Well, anyway, Greg, we're glad to have you here, and uh, you're from the Classic Car Museum in Nebraska, and uh, we appreciate you getting up early today to uh, to be with us. As a matter of fact, oh yeah, it's our pleasure. We're, we're uh, this is Steve, Greg. We're about to Nebraska. Are you? I'm I'm not quite sure. Okay, I don't we're we're lead, located in central Nebraska. Um, we're about an hour and a half, two hours west of Lincoln, or two and a half, three hours west of Omaha, right on just north of Interstate 80. We're actually located right on the old Highway 30, which is the Lincoln the Highway. The Lincoln Highway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I was out there not too long ago for an antique automobile club tour, and, and we went, of course, out in, to Speedway Motors and all that stuff when we were running around out in that that area and it's uh, it's quite a quite a car area uh there's a lot of activity in the, in uh, that area of the country with with old cars I, I was really surprised i i learned a lot from being out there you don't have to know a guy just out of curiosity named john nicodime out there do you absolutely um, yeah i've known john a for a long time yeah. red cloud nebraska yeah and he keeps one car in our collection here and once a year He'll come get it. He just left with a uh, Daimler, and he brought this last week. He had a 1929 Daimler on display, and, of course, he's really big into the old Baileys. The Baileys, yeah. You bet. And he just brought us a car this last Monday that is quite unique. It's a 1909 Jones, spelled with a Z, J-O-N-Z. And they were actually produced in Beatrice, Nebraska, just south of Lincoln, about 45 minutes Really? Huh. I would have never thought. Yeah, he's got Veely number one. I'm sure you knew that. Yeah. Yeah, he has Veely one. Wow. Now, yeah. we're, Veely's were built in Iowa, weren't they? I'm not sure, actually. I'm not real sure of that one either. We have one Veely on our uh, permanent collection. Yeah. But um, he's got several. Yeah, so, something, uh, and I could be wrong, but I'm thinking the Quad Cities. 
was where they were. And that's and just something from I my... I think they were a Midwest car. Yeah. I'm just not sure yeah. where. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, we've got a 1923 Vele Touring, and from what I understand, that John Nicodime, he owns the largest collection of Vele's anywhere. Yes, so. he does. He absolutely does. And he's so into Vele's, he named his his two kids, one one Vele instead of Willie, and the other one Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing you never had kids, Steve. <laughs> One would be M and one would be G. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you'd call them mighty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, the one thing that jumps out at me is the list of internationals you have, starting with the uh, 07 High Wheeler, and uh, you're going all the way through 69 with those. What kind of prompted acquiring all the internationals? Well, the background to our museum, um, a gentleman down in Omaha Bernie and Janice Tauberg. That's the reason for our existence, basically. Speaking because Bernie, over a 50-year period, collected 159 classic cars and had them in seven buildings, and he loved to show them off to car clubs and groups going through. And um, it was on an old dairy farm, and he just did it on Saturdays, Sundays for car clubs and groups. And when he hit about 80 years old, he kind of realized that he wasn't going to be able to do that forever, and he happened to make the comment to a gentleman that ran for governor here about six, eight years ago here in Nebraska who specializes in family-owned businesses and how to pass them on to your heirs, and he made the comment to this Dave Nabity that um, if somebody would create a venue, he'd certainly like to contribute to it, and so over a three-year period, they worked extensively with the Kearney Convention and Visitors Bureau to make this all possible, and so we rented 50,000 square feet from a Cabela's, those outdoor outfitters <laughs> building, and renovated. It was an old factory building from Rockwell International Plant, and um, so the deal was made that he would supply 131 cars if we would supply the venue, and so we opened four years ago with 131 of his cars plus about 25 or 30 loaners, and now we're up to about 215 cars total. But Bernie particularly liked international trucks, and that's, like you mentioned, we have several. We have not only the 1907, but we have all the nines. 2009, I mean, 1909, 1919, 1929, 39, 49, 59, 69. It goes all the nines. That's beautiful. That's cool, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, you know what you need? You need a 99 MRAP. There we go. Yeah. Well, in fact, uh, the Army donated a whole bunch of those to uh, cities in this country for their police forces. Oh, wow. But that, uh, yeah, I, I just think that's neat. And a couple of other things jump out at me. The Gardner Touring, which is a very unusual car. There weren't many gardeners. No, maybe there either. weren't. So, and you've got a gray. Um, it's just kind of amazing. It's, and I won't call them standard run of the mill, but you do have the usual Buicks and Fords and things like that. But then I, I see going through your little list here, you've got other unique cars. You got a Mitchell and a Moon and, and a Durant uh, locomobile. That's one that just really. Uh, I think is an incredible car, and you've got two of those. Tell us about those. 
Yeah, well, the one locomobile, it's a 1917 Touring. It's kind of green in color. And uh, as you know, the locomobiles are extremely large vehicles. Right. And then the one that really jumps out with me is the 1914 Roadster. This car, it is huge. It just barely fits on one of our turntables. And um, the turntable actually has quite a time even turning the thing around. So <laughs> we, we only had it on for a short period. But it's only a two-seater. But this car is just huge. Well, and, um, so they're very unique, and that's one of the cars we get a lot of comments about. Yeah, is that is that a big six? If I remember rightly, yes, very. Uh, yeah, uh, a big six. And the unique part about those locomobiles, they have two spark plugs per cylinder. They're actually based on an aircraft engine. I didn't and realize so, that. Know, if one spark plug went bad, the other one carried yeah. on. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it gave them better combustion, too, which was one of the things back then that uh, combustion wasn't, shall we say, spot on all the time. No, that's true. When did did Locomobile quit? Do you know? I don't. Do you have any idea? I don't. We've got one of those large posters that we've seen around that has all the 2,600 manufacturers in the United States over the years, and... It's not within reach or else. <laughs> yeah, they're they're around a long yeah, time. Yeah, they, yeah, they go back to the Brighton era. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they go back to the O's. Wow, that that that's that's absolutely amazing. Um, Twenty-five rolls touring. Is that a ghost or a small horsepower car? It's one of the smaller horsepower ones. A twenty horse. Mm-hmm. What's the body on that one? Oh, let's see the twenty. It says Touring, but is it a Barker, or, or do you remember? You know, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't really know. <laughs> they okay. told me to lie, but I'm not going to know. <laughs> no, <laughs> Did um, David tell you that? Yeah. <laughs> you, you bet. But, um, no, i got to admit, I don't really know. Um, we, like I said, we've been open for four years, and there was a gentleman out of Lincoln that was actually the director here, and he was involved in an automotive accident, and they suggested that he probably should retire to stay off his feet quite uh. much because it hurt his back a bit and so i went from part-time <coughs> to full-time this last december so i'm still learning still learning the stuff that. huh yeah well that's all right steve and i are too so yeah yeah they're all these years still uh look looking at, at stuff you know it, uh, usually museums that we talk to uh sort of have one focal point and and uh your your collection just is all over the place like you know some guys would say well cars you know we look for cars manufactured in the midwest or cars manufactured here or there or we want to do brass era only cars or classic era cars and and you guys just have stuff all over yeah um you know, based on the collection. Um, after, you know, I told you he, we had gotten 131 cars from Bernie in this last, um, this last fall, a year ago now, him and his wife were out, and they said, we made one mistake when we gave you 131 cars. We kept 28, and um, we just kept too many. So he gave us um, six more cars this last year, and to me, there are six of the really unique cars that he had in his collection. It was a 1930 LaSalle 1932 Buick Victoria, a 1917 Vim, which a Vim. We've only found about three or four of those. That I've we've never even heard of Vim. I haven't either. 
What's a VIM? Now you can t- tell us about that car. That sounds interesting. It's a very large. It look and I call it a produce delivery truck. It's an open and it looks like a produce cart on wheels, basically. But um, very small in the cab area. Um, to get in, I'm about mid-sized kind of person, and I have to get in on the passenger side because the steering wheel is so close to the sidewall that you can't get between it to get behind the steering wheel. So it comes wow. come in from the passenger side. But it's a it looks a lot like a Model T from the mid-teens, but with a, well, kind of like a depot hack type mm-hmm. body, but a lot more open on the sides. Yeah, a produce truck. Mm-hmm. All right. uh, uh, where was it built? I believe um, it was some back east, if, if, I'm, if I'm recalling right, it was Pennsylvania, but I could be wrong on that one. Okay. Do you know, do you know what motor was it? Is it a four or a six? I don't. Okay. I, I, a little four-cylinder, yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. Because a lot of those, you know, they went to somebody like Continental or Wisconsin or Lycoming, and they and they just basically bought the components and assembled the vehicle. So what other three did he He gave you a 32 LaSalle and a Buick and a 17 Vim? What? Yeah, the other three were a 29 and a 32 Buick four-door sedan, and then a 1940 Packard four-door convertible that was actually customized when it was brand new. Um, it's a very minor custom. The running boards are gone. It's got little chrome plates on the front of the fenders to keep them from getting chipped up. And it was, um, if I recall, it was like Bowman and Swartz in Pasadena, California. Oh, wow. Did, did the... Um, customization and as I understand they went out of business in 41 so this might have been one of their last custom jobs they did wow Greg I'm, I'm going to have to stop us there we've got to uh, take our first break I appreciate again you joining us today and we'll be back with more right after this message amazing Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, You can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. 
You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show from Atlanta, Georgia, on America's Web Radio. We're speaking to Greg McCullough, and uh, he's at the Classic Car Collection Museum in Nebraska, and we've got his website up on uh, our website, so it's streaming and people can take a look at it. I think everybody should go to uh, your uh, button uh, that's called Collection, Greg, and just see all of the, the... number of cars that you all have there that folks can come in. 50,000 square feet is a, is a pretty good size um, place to have that many cars. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, you said that you just got another car in and you'd gotten six more. Are you still looking for additional cars as well? And, and if so, uh, do you all send people out or how do you, uh, how do you go after additional cars? Well, like you said, with our 50,000 square feet, we are about full. Um, with Bernie's 137 cars that he's provided at Bernie Talberg from Omaha, then we've had nine other donated cars over the last four years that people have donated to the collection for one reason or the other, passing of a individual, you know, husband or something, or other just wanted to donate to the collection. And then we have right now 68 cars on loan, and Bernie's cars pretty much lean towards the early classics and the big car convertibles from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So we kind of fill in the blanks with our loaners. We have, I think, right now four or five street rods on display, about a dozen muscle cars, and um, we just kind of use the loaners to fill in the blanks and make it entertaining for everyone because the younger kids, they like the muscle cars and some of the later model British pieces. But, um, yeah, we're always looking, but we are pretty full right now, especially in the winter. As you can imagine, out in central Nebraska, it's not a good place to drive your classic in December or January, so it's real easy to get filled up over the wintertime. Yeah, people can sort of get blown into your museum. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, called right. indoor storage. Yeah. yeah, and we normally do. We've got a few cars that are on long-term loan, um, Evil Knievel's Cadillac pickup that he hauled his motorcycle, and a gentleman from Kansas owns that. And he's in his 90s and pretty much says, you know, it's yours for display until his passing, and then his heirs can figure out what to do with it. But um, it's been on display for a couple of years now, and we've got a few others that are on permanent display. A local family, the grandmother bought a Chrysler 300 brand new and passed it down to her daughter. Then they've passed it on to their kids, and their kids predominantly live back east, and so they've got it on display this car's got 4,400 miles on it originally. Really? Wow. Now, is it a, a B, a C, or an H, or what? what Chrysler 300? Uh, I'm going to look. It's, it's the 1963 Chrysler 300, two-door hardtop. Okay. And, um, so, so help me, Steve. Well, that would I think the first 300 was 56 or 57. So this is probably a G or an H? Yeah, I would think. Okay. Uh, 4,000 miles. Yeah, 4,400 miles. Wow. That's, that's amazing. That's not our lowest mileage car because you old car guys will remember here two years ago this month up in Pierce, Nebraska, the Lambrec Chevrolet dealer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you the know. Chevy dealer guy, yeah. yeah. Well, all yeah. of them sitting outside. That's right. Well, this guy out of Lincoln is totally into 59 Chevys, not Myron Smith. He's also real big in the AAC. Yes, I know Mr. Smith real well. There you go. Well, Myron bought this 59 Chevy four-door Bel Air sedan 
at the Lambrecht auction, and he showed it around at various meets for about a year. Then he's put it on display here the last year, and it's got 2.8 miles on it. When you talk to Myron next time, just for fun, or see if you can remember to do this, say, so Myron, how do you like living in Idaho? Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and he'll know you've been talking to me, because I tease him all the time about that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice guy. Do you ever take any of these cars out and do anything with them? Do they ever go anywhere, or do you drive them on any tours, or bring a few to events, or local car shows, or whatever? Yeah, we definitely do the local ones. Um we haven't done any tours or long-distance events, um, but we're kind of looking at one here. Um, the Glidden Tour that was in Oklahoma this year. Yes, they've I was announced there. that in 2017 the Glidden Tour will be Central Nebraska. Really? And wow. it's going to be based in Hastings, Nebraska, which is only 45, 50 miles from us. And Carney is one of the day tours, so we're going to host one of the day. I don't know whether it'll be a breakfast or a dinner or whatever, or, you know, a lunch stop. Lunch, or probably. Yeah, lunch, probably. And um, we're thinking that we might have to get one of ours out and enter in the Glidden Tour and do the five-day tour. But well, yeah, I, I think you'll en- I think you'll enjoy that. You know, any car uh, pre World War II is eligible, so if you have a nice big, so you got a lot of nice big kind Whoa, of pre War cars that you can take. That Bowman and Schwartz Packard convertible. I I'll, I'll make you a deal, Greg. I'll drive it for you <laughs> if you'll ride with me. That would be fun. Oh yeah. yeah. Now, you've not done a you you've not done a a Glidden before. No, but um, one of the guys that was, I guess you just call them volunteers here. We're predominantly volunteers to help out out here. There's only three of us that actually on the payroll. But um, Kermit and Ruby Wilkie from Wilcox, Nebraska. He's done tours all over. He does two or three tours a year. He did one in New Mexico this year. He was he did the one in Georgia earlier this year. Oh, the 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 pecans and yeah. pines tour. Yep. Yeah, and I was anyway, on that one. Yeah. And um, he took his 1915 Dodge touring car. I know the car day. now. I know who right. you're talking about. Yeah. I do know who and, you're talking about. And of course, two years ago, when the Lincoln Highway, which was you know Boston to San Francisco, yeah, the and, big I, tour, and it goes yeah. right by our building, we're maybe a hundred yards off of the old Lincoln Highway. The classic car collection is. And um, when they had their 100-year celebration, it was held in Kearney, Nebraska, right where we're our, our classic car museum is located at. And Kermit and Ruby were the grand marshals of the parade. That's cool. I, re- I remember I remember them now that, that you uh, uh, talked yeah. about. Well, anyway, when you go on the Glidden Tour, you're going to be a freshman. Yes. And you'll, you'll, you'll have to participate in all of the freshman activities, which includes... For some of the more uh, the guys who've been on that trip, you have to get up and wash my car every morning and vacuum oh, cool. the inside. Yeah. That's yes. part of the deal. This is called hazing. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and then you're asking. I mean, there's several car shows that um, you know happen around the area, and indoor and outdoor. And we try to take one or two to each one of those in the area. And then in July we have what we call cruise night. It lasts five days here. Whoa! In our area, and it starts slow on a Wednesday night. The cars, the old cars, get together and tour through all the nursing homes and assisted livings, and basically it's just a low-speed traveling car show for all the folks that live in these facilities. And then on Thursday, you know, there's a car show on a some kind of production. This year it was an Elvis impersonator, 
and he, it just built each day. Friday's out at the arch, which if, those of you that went down Interstate 80, there's an arch that goes up and over Interstate. That's a historical monument that uh, tells about the Great Western expansion. And then downtown, they could block off the whole downtown area on Saturday. So this year, we participated in all these with our 1930 LaSalle that we had just gotten from Bernie. So we do get a mountain drive once in a while. Yeah, that's cool. We had we do the same thing here, the the tour of the nursing home here, but but here it's called Future Accommodations Tour. Oh you yeah. Get, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would work. Yeah, yeah. One time they tried to <laughs> capture Steve and put him in the home and he wouldn't go. <laughs> hey, uh you've got a couple of retractable hardtop Fords. Do you ever work the hardtop for people? Um, well, we've, yeah, we've got one of each of the years, 57, 58, 59. We right. own, you know, part of, part of the permit collection, the 57 and the 59. The 58 is one of our loaners. And I can't say myself I've ever operated one of them, but we've got one of them all the way closed, one of them all the way open, and one of them halfway with the top right. pulling over. That's a, that's a good up, way to yeah. keep them. That's a really good way <laughs> yeah. to keep them, believe me. And they're all stuck there. <laughs> For some reason, this seems to be a hotbed of retractables in this area where there's five of them under construction right now, and a gentleman about 15 miles away has 12 of them in a barn. So Whoa. That, for yeah, some reason, they like retractables around here. That Well, I got, how do I put it? I won't say I got stuck at, but I was at the 55, 56, 57 Ford annual meeting at the Dearborn Inn and and uh by the Henry Ford Museum one year and that was the highlight of the show was the retractable hardtop how many of them made it About, both up and down <laughs> uh well I, I you know you're trying to ask me to remember something from 20 years ago but I think there were probably 3 there and and I one of them worked and I'm not quite sure about well, the other two. I told you, two. our neighbor had Mr. Armstrong had right. one, and it stuck halfway. Yeah. And he had to drive it to the Ford dealer yeah, about what, two what, miles an hour. the back. <laughs> yeah, with the thing half stuck. Um, well, it, it, when you go to a car show, though, that seems to be a focal point for a lot of people. Oh, they're cool. Yeah, and a lot of people, even our age, have never seen one before. They were very rare, and for you to tell us there's that many out there... You've got to have probably half the production. <laughs> yeah, they're quite popular right now around this area. You're popular, yeah, yeah, it's a very, yeah. very popular car. Yeah, just sort of a little bit off the subject a little bit. How? What's going on up at at, at Speedway now that they're that 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 Bill died? Are they going to keep the museum open and all that stuff up there? Yes, matter of fact, this last year they've actually expanded the museum. I myself haven't been there in a few years, but they um, we keep in contact. We're kind of on the same line with you know both the other two major museums in Nebraska, and um, yeah, the Museum of American Speed, the Speedway Museum. Yeah, it's wonderful. About, um, yeah, they're very very active, and um, no, I don't see any signs that the sons run the company, and um, probably have for the majority of the last ten fifteen years, but. Yeah, we were all sorry to see Bill go. He was yeah. quite an individual. Yes, he was. Nice man. Yeah, he was good 15, for the hobby. Yeah, about 15 years ago, I was touring his old museum before they went to the new location. And he was in a wheelchair, electric wheelchair, and you know, he talked about all of his cars, and he was just a great host. 
Then about five years ago, I ran into him at another car show, and he was up running around like crazy. And I said, Bill, you look great. And he says, new knees, new hips. It's amazing what money can buy. <laughs> yeah, well, when I was younger, I used to have a picture, you know, the, the famous Farrah Fawcett poster on my, my, my wall. Now I have... Uh, things have changed. I have his 32 Ford Roadster High Boy with the Arden heads on it and the Eddie Meyer manifold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we do Arden change. Is, um, one of our loaner cars is a 1939 Ford <coughs> two-door sedan, and it's raced at Bonneville, and it has Arden heads on it. Does it really? God, those things are so rare. Greg, Greg, I'm going to have to interrupt. we got another hard break to take. Uh, we'll be back. When we come back, I want to uh, do what we do in, in most of the shows, and that's uh, take a brief audio tour of the museum. So uh, that's what we'll do when we come back. You're listening to America's Web Radio. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show, and we've got uh, Greg McCullough on from the museum in Nebraska, two museums in Nebraska. You all have been open for four years, and uh, like I said, I've got your website up on our uh, website, and it's streaming live. Uh, Got your gift shop up. We were talking about the fact that we do this with most of, uh, if not all of the museums. Greg, if if um, Steve and Jim are at your front door, what happens next? <laughs> Assuming they they can walk in at their age. Yeah, t- <laughs> take us on a virtual tour, would you please? Okay, a quick virtual tour. Um, as you walk in the front door, we have a front, we call it the showcase area, grand showcase area. And it'll hold about seven, eight cars. Currently, as I referred to Bernie and Janice Talberg, the people that donated several cars to us, um, this next month we're going to have a tribute to the Talberg family, all of our volunteers, the Carney Convention and Visitors Bureau, and that Dave Navity that helped put us all together. So we've got seven of Bernie and Janice's favorite cars up front, and basically we just call it Bernie's 30s. And it'll be here for three months. Of course, it's already been up for two months, so it'll be changing here in December. But as you walk in, you will see a 1931 or 1932 um, 
Studebaker Coupe, a 1937 Packard Roadster, a 1931 Willys touring car, the 1932 Buick Victoria that we referred to earlier, the 1930 LaSalle, the 1930, that's a Roadster, 1930 Lincoln Roadster, and then I heard somebody talk about MGs earlier, a 1930 MG Boat Tail. Oh, is that a little PA? Would that be a PA, Steve? Or an M, I think. Or an M, M yeah, an M. 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 Yeah, yeah, the little one. Thirty boat tail roadster, and that's our front entry area where the gift shop's at, and we have a little Coca-Cola diner. And um, Oh, tell us about that. Well, as we opened, um, right behind where we um, you enter, when you come straight in, of course, the check-in area, but back towards the, um, going towards the restrooms, the um, local Coca-Cola dealership um, gave us tables and chairs, and it's all along Coca-Cola theme. Of course, we've got a pop machine. They can sit down and have a pop. And um, it's just decorated with all sorts of old Coca-Cola memorabilia and stuff. Beautiful. Now, do you serve food there, too? or No, we have a snack machine. We do have the ability, but it's through outside caterers. Um, we host several events throughout the year, and we've got several tables that we can set up. And um, we'll host anything from business meetings or car clubs. Uh, Greg, Greg uh, Steve, and Jim only let me ask one uh, important question because I'm 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 a little technically above them, and and I generally throw some hardballs. So I get to ask this. You brought up the subject. How many weddings have you all had at your facility? We haven't had any weddings, but one of our volunteers is heavily into the Chryslers, and he passed away about a year ago, and they held his funeral in the museum. That was my question. 300 That's people. <laughs> yeah. Steve wants to know if he can, uh, how much it costs and what kind of arrangements <laughs> yeah. does he need yeah, to make. And, and, yeah. I'll bring my own cremation urn. There we go. <laughs> Oh, boy. We'll continue with the tour now that okay. we've kind of digressed. There we go. And, and as you, um, we rotate clockwise around our museum, basically, and going down the first hallway, we've got our street rods on the, the left, and then along the right, we kind of call it the orphan area. It's cars like you've re- referred to earlier, the moon, the star, the cars that we only have with the valet. Yeah. Cars that we only have one of, we try to group the other cars, kind of show the progression of their years when we can. We don't always able to keep them together. But those are more or less some. Um, and then we've got a couple Corvettes, and this is all along the first long hallway area. Across the back of the museum, we've got those three retractables, Myron Smith's 59 low-mileage car, our four Rolls Royces, which one of them includes people. One of the main questions people always ask when they come in, what's the most valuable car in this collection? And it's probably our 1938 Rolls-Royce limousine because it's the only limousine-bodied Rolls-Royce that was built that year. It was made for the 17th Earl of Derby, England, and Bernie bought it in 77. I don't have any idea what he paid for it, but it's a one-of-one, and so that might be our largest Wow. Car in the collection. Is it a Phantom 3, a V12? I don't know. Okay. Right. Don't, it does not say it on my paper, so I All don't All right. Uh, it's okay. Yeah. 
You know, it's a big one. It's yeah, got, um, it's it, probably got the original tool kit that fits underneath the seat. Wow, it's quite a quite a limo. And then across the back, the west edge of our because you enter from the east in the back of our the west edge of the building, we've got our three Pierce arrows and all the Willies, um, the Willies, the Whippets, the you know the later Jeepsters, that kind of stuff. Beautiful. And then all the internationals are in the right hand west corner and across the middle we've got all of our big car convertibles a lot of um mostly general motors i'd say and one car that's uh looks like the old boss hog and um <laughs> the evil knievel car yeah and then we've got a gas station area that we keep mostly 50s in and our engines uh, we've got three engines that are on display a cutaway model a engine a cutaway mid 20s Buick and that Arden headed flathead Ford. Okay. And there's one of those on display. And then our Model A's and Model T's are all mostly grouped together. Then coming back towards the east, we've got all the Buicks, the Packards, several Packards, and the Lincolns all along one, we call it Main Street. And the muscle cars and the Dodges. They're all grouped in the area coming forward. Then the last long hallway you come through is all British cars. Wow. Our foreign stuff. Yeah. Well, tell us about those. Well, some of them, oh, we've got a couple Triumphs, a 80 Triumph Spitfire and a 79 TR7. And, of course, we've got a, let's see. I shouldn't just say British cars because it's foreign, too. We've got a VW Beetle and a Bradley GT. And let's see, a Morgan, 65 Morgan. Uh, 64 MG is back there. The Daimler Roadster. That's the one with the doors that slide in the body? Oh, uh, no. Um, oh, I missed those when we came through the... You're right, when I went came through the gas, gas station... We do have five um, Kaiser Frasers on display. Oh, Kaiser wow. Darren. We do have a Kaiser Darren. Oh, you yeah. do? Yeah, yeah, those are cool. Yeah, cars. the Darren the Roadster. They're just yeah. cool cars. Yeah. Is yours light green? No, ours is actually yellow. Wow. Okay. Got a, got a yellow one. All right. Neat. Um, I, I'm dying to ask this question. You've got a Grant King Sprint car. Yeah. Does it run? I don't think. I mean, it might. I mean, that's one of our loaner cars. Oh. There are several collections around the area, and that's yeah. one of our loaner cars. As you, just before you get after the muscle cars, before you get to yeah. the. Um, it's it's what's it got a Chevy in it? The yeah, Chevy small block, and yeah. we've got that Bonneville racer. We've got an old. Which Bonneville racer? What kind? The nineteen thirty nine Ford two door sedan. With the, it's the one that they switch that Arden headed engine into occasionally, and it's. Yeah. They've got 17 different records at Bonneville. It's kind of a copper brown one. A sedan. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Ford sedan. Wow. That's got to be in an oddball class. Oh. Yeah. Well, the yeah. the Grant King Sprint Racer, that thing was probably ran on alcohol, so I hope they pickled it before they brought it to you. Yeah, I'm sure he has. It's a yeah. collector over from Hastings, Nebraska. We've got several cars out of Hastings. And uh, you might have noticed, looking down our group, I was going to mention earlier, we've got twin 1956 Ford Crown Victorias, 
I see that. Before and an after display, and that's our number one favorite display in the place because this gentleman in high school drove one to high to school and got married and sold it. Wish he hadn't, like all of us. Years later, and he wanted to find it. He looked for years to find his old 56 Crown Victoria, could never find it. So he found one just like a turquoise and white, completely ground up, restored it, and as fate would have, he found his original one. He says, well, I'm just going to leave the original just like it was. So it's half, one half of the display is barn fine, and the other half is all restored. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> it got the, 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 the sun, the, the roof on it, the plexiglass roof? No. 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 Uh-huh. Yeah, not, hey, not the Sunliners. Yeah, uh, you and Steve, Greg, have something in common. You both have a 56 Ford Thunderbird convertible. Yeah. Uh, Steve just passed out. <laughs> he finished. That's my wife's car. Yeah, that's not my car. That's uh, car. Well, Steve yeah. had the privilege of restoring it oh, for... Oh, what a job. Uh, and is it, that's a loaner car? The um, 56 is a loaner car. Yeah. The, the 255s we own... Part of the collection, and the '56 and '7 are on loan. And what color is the '56? The '56 is kind of turquoise, peacock blue. Yeah, that's, that's Steve's too. Yeah, so see, you, you and Steve have a lot in common. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just get to come look at them all day. I don't own any of them in the museum. I have nothing on display in here. <laughs> you don't have a thing. Huh? You're probably smart. Yeah. Well, I have two cars, but neither one of them are in here. One of them probably doesn't deserve to be. Someday, maybe, but in 1977, I bought a 1955 Chevy Nomad, and oh. I still own it. I've driven it in 31 states to 23 national conventions, and pretty much just flat wore it out. It's ready for another restoration. Does it still have the 265 in it? Not currently, no. I've got a 350 on it just so I could <laughs> go across the United States a little easier. But yeah. I do have the 265. I just don't have it in there now. Okay. What's your other car? 1960 High Horse Fuely Corvette. And I'm just finishing it. It went to the paint shop Monday. T- tell me about I don't follow you. It's a 1960 with the 283 Rochester yeah. um, mechanical fuel injection on it. Okay, all right. It's all, ori- it's all original, numbers matching, and unfortunately when it was virtually new, it had a small underhood fire, and it's been parked ever since. And so it was Ooh. numbers matching, but it had fire damage. But we found all original panels for the Corvette body, and it's headed to the paint shop. The engine's already, we fired it up a week ago Wednesday. So. Beautiful. It's a, it's a 60, huh? Yeah, solid axle. Yeah, yeah I, I really like the old the old straight axle Corvettes very much. They're one of my, some of my favorite cars. Yeah. yeah, I've owned it for 17 years, and I've never even sat in it yet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I got a good friend. And the, and the fuel injection works, huh? Yeah, oh yeah, we had it running um, a week ago Wednesday before we took off for the restoration shop there's a gentleman about 300 miles from here that he's retired and he does nothing but early corvettes and he just gets it right the first time and he's um basically painting and assembling yeah cool he, he's what we call your new best friend no kidding yeah i've yeah. i've got a friend uh in buffalo named ken we call him corvette ken because he does ncrs judging and He's always got one or two. His, his daily driver's a split-window Stingray, but he found a 62 with the big brakes. Oh, yeah. And uh, you, you'd think he died and gone to heaven. Yep, so, mine doesn't have the big brakes. Yeah. But, he's, but it does uh, have one oddity. It, it sold new in Colorado Springs, and it raced in the 1960 
Pikes Peak Hill climb. <laughs> oh, well, good. Good for you. Yeah, right, so is it documented? Kind of uh, good. Is it documented that it what did that? Well, yes and no. Yes, they know it's the car, but I don't have it on paper because um, I don't know if you follow the Pikes Peak very close, but probably about 15, 20 years ago, they closed the Pikes Peak Hill Climb Museum, and all the stuff was stored in the basement of the Colorado Springs Library. We tried to find the original books and couldn't, but as of late, I believe it's Broadmoor, the big motel. Yeah, outside. Broadmoor, yeah. They, ju- they just added on, and they're, g- they're building the Pikes Peak Hill Climb Museum there, and they're hoping they'll come across the original documents and Beautiful. Well, I'm hoping it, they do too. Yeah, right, if yeah. they do, you could you could get it certified and enter it in an ACA national meet for uh, uh, in class 24. Gregory, I got to interrupt. We got to take our last break. You're listening to America's Web Radio, the Classic Car Show. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're coming back on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. We want to uh, thank once again Greg McCullough from the Classic Car Collection in Nebraska. You have to um, you have to be headed there to get there, right, Greg? Yeah, pretty much. Um, but <laughs> no, we're um, pretty easy to find. Um, Interstate 80, you know, of course, goes clear across the United States, and we're on Highway 30, just two miles north of Interstate 80, and we're on the east side of Kearney, Nebraska, <coughs> in the Cabela's building. Cabela's owns the building, and we just rent 50,000 square feet from them. And you all, you all are open. Um, give us your schedule, if you don't mind. Well, we're open every day of the year except Thanksgiving and Christmas, and during the winter hours, basically September through May, we're 9 to 5 every day except Sunday, and that's noon to 5. During the summer, we extend it to 6 o'clock instead of 5. So, uh, you know, what? how big a factor is the weather where, you're, where you are? Well, honestly, it's not too bad for nine months of the year. Um, and, and as of the last several years, we really haven't got that tremendous of big snowstorms. And so it's not that big. Um, we'll have 6, 8, 10 days of nasty weather a year, and otherwise it's just cold. 
uh, the Cabela's building. So is there a functional Cabela's store there with you, too? Yes. Wow. So you must get a lot of visitors that shop at Cabela's. Yeah, we do get a lot of people that come next door and, you know, from Cabela's. And we're located in a building that was a Rockwell International build, um, factory 40 years ago. And then Rockwell consolidated their factories and the, the, the machinery manufacturing stuff went to Texas and North Carolina and this building set empty for several years. Cabela's originally started in Sydney, Nebraska. Right. And this was their second location and they used it basically for all the storage. Now that there's Cabela's all over, they didn't need the storage and so this was setting empty this end of their building and so we renovated it, put quite a lot of money into it to make it attractive for the cars and the customers and the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, that's neat because I, Cabela's used to be a landmark. I remember that. And uh, people would just go to Nebraska to go to Cabela's. Yeah. Yeah, wow. wow. Um, okay, let, let's go back to cars and, and the tour for a minute. You, I assume, have a gift shop and you sell neat car stuff? Yeah, we've got a gift shop that have, oh, probably 12, 14 different T-shirts. Some of them just, you know for car people basically and you know there's a few that's just with our logo on it that's pretty simple but we've got a trio of black beige and silver our most popular t-shirt that says money can't buy um happiness but it buys horsepower and that's almost like the same thing yeah Yeah. that's true (laughs) and then we've got some t-shirts that um our volunteers are going to be wearing here soon we just bought them um it says we will talk cars with anyone Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, if there was one car in that whole <coughs> Tallberg collection that you could have, what would it be? Well, that's hard to determine, but the one probably, you know, it wouldn't be the most smart choice probably because it's so huge it wouldn't fit in my garage at home. But the 1930 Lincoln Dual Cal Phaeton, it's quite unique. And it's a beautiful car, and just to make a long story short, uh, 40 years ago when I was in high school, I ran around with a whole group of youngsters, and one of the gals that I was paying more attention to the cars than her and slipped away, basically. 38 years later, we became reacquainted, and we got married three years ago, and we used that 30 Lincoln for our Wow, that's a good story, yeah. Yeah. That one's probably closest to the heart, I'd say. Good, good for you. Um, one of the things that always was one of my main interests when I was on the AACA board with Myron um, <clears throat> was youth stuff. Do you do any particular youth activities? Because I think, and, it, and we, we always seem to talk about this, is the, the graying of the hobby and trying to get younger people, not just little kids, but I, you know, teenagers, people in their 20s to, to get involved in this hobby. Do you guys do anything special in that area? Well, we have, um, this last year, we started up an educational program where we have had, uh, I think, um, four different schools bring out kids, and um, depending on their age group, the young kids, kind of like herding cats, basically, but um, (laughs) we keep it simple and just show them the progression of the early automobiles, how, how high of ground clearance the early buggies had, but yet the track the width of the front front tires is still about the same as it was back then. You know, it's still the five five and a half feet inside to inside of the tires, and and we talk, we show them you know different 
we've got a couple cars they're kitty cars pedal cars basically that we're storing in the back and that kind of piques our interest and and so for the young kids we just keep it simple and then we've had some high school groups that come out and we get a little more in-depth with the history of the automobile and how there were so many early manufacturers like we've talked about and nowadays there's just the big three plus a few odd ones running around and so um but we try to get kids involved and um well like you were speaking when we talked here a few days ago that um you're going to be doing that grandparent program here next year in june you know where the grandparents will get in free if they bring their kids out to see the museum so we would definitely want to get part of that yeah that's that that's important because uh, there's a whole generation that's missing cars there you know i call them the xbox generation and uh we've got to keep this hobby going because America was built on the automobile. We were the cardboard box generation. Yeah, we were. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The shoebox Ford, speaking of that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh. Well, I've got one other question. At the end of your inventory on your website, you ask a question. Which gallery do you most enjoy? And then you can vote. What's the gallery that stands out for everybody that got the most votes? The one predominantly over, um, that consistently is number one is that twin Ford Crown Victoria display, the before and after. Okay. And then this year, it's going to be running a close second, I'm pretty sure. Uh, two days ago, on October 21st, oh, I guess three days ago now, I'm sorry. Um, the DeLorean, you know, Back to the Future, oh, yeah. October twenty first. Yeah. Yeah. We have a we have a DeLorean here on display. It's one of the loaner cars, but it's probably not going anywhere because he's also one of the board of directors. But um, people were specifically coming in to see the DeLorean, so I think that's probably going to be number two this year. Interesting. Well, you could give them all each one that comes in a Brillo pad, and they could clean the car. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually missing the last couple of days because the, the owner decided it'd be fun to just go out and run it around for a couple three well, days. Well, what day so was it? It was, was Back to the Future Day. Yep. Was this past week? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. On yeah. Wednesday. The, yeah, the, the date where they, where right. they went. Right, yeah. And I, was it the 21st? Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and well, the, does the guy driving the DeLorean belong to AAA? You know, I'd have to ask. I okay. have no idea. <laughs> yeah, and Hillary was still running for president then. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yep, and not everything came true because they said that when they went back to the future, to October 2015, the Cubs were going to win the World Series. They, they were close, like, though. Oh, yeah. They were close. Next year. They got yeah, into the playoffs. They got yeah. into the I playoffs. mean, to go from losing seasons, three seasons in a row to this, I, I yep. think Joe Madden's done a tremendous job oh, yeah. with those guys. Yeah, they just didn't, so. didn't quite make it, but no. almost. Yeah, well, hey, Kansas City and the Mets. So There we go. Going back to cars again for a minute, what is the most unusual Car, I, I, it's probably retractable hardtops. I may be answering my own question, but what's the most unusual car in the museum? One of the electric cars? Yeah, well, on that 1917 Vim, that's pretty 
pretty weird, you know, that's yeah. a very strange car. And honestly, that one that you we just talked uh, earlier about, about John Nicodine's 1909 Jones, that is quite unusual because we opened the hood on it, and it looks like two beehives beside each other, you know, like right. pine cones. I mean, it's air-cooled, and that has got a unique power plant to it, just a little two-cylinder in line. Yeah. And um, so that's, um, so we've got several unique cars, but those... Those would have to be up towards the top, I think. And okay. Of course, that MG, that little, um, of course, it's right inside the front door, but that little MG, I think you called it the Model M. And I think it's, yeah, it's probably an M or an N. Yeah, yeah, it's got a little 747cc little, engine. Little, little yeah. car. Greg, Greg, just like you were talking about that Vim, do you ever walk through the museum and... We know what we've got today. We've got the AutoCADs and all of this, and they can make the car, you know, out of a out of a piece of paper or whatever. But do you ever walk through the museum and and, and like on that Vim, say, God, wonder how they came up with that? How, what kind of mind came up with that? Yeah, I mean, it just amazes me. I mean, you know, I know with the new technology and the electronics of the new cars. They're definitely more fuel efficient and more comfortable to drive, but it makes me wonder how 100 years ago they could actually do some of this stuff back in the 19-teens and 20s. You know, with the technology they had, they were definitely advanced for their time. Well, I tell you, with that, we're going to have to uh, put the plug Plug in the jug jug (laughs) and call it quits for this morning. Greg, thank you very much. We want everybody (coughs) to... uh, Check on your website, the Classic Car Collection, uh, and also when you're in Nebraska, go by and see Greg and tell him that you heard about him on America's Web Radio or wherever you hear about it. And Greg, don't forget to ask Myron how he likes living in Idaho. I won't. I've, I've got a little piece of paper I'm going to ask him because we talk quite frequently. He um, he stopped by here a couple months ago with his Suburban and he said, I got something for you, and he gave us five mannequins to use for a while. So we've got mannequins all over the place now. <laughs> That's Greg, great. Thanks, Greg. Greg. We appreciate it, and we'll yeah. be in touch uh, about the coming things. That'd be great. Okay, thanks. thanks, Greg. Thank you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.